It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Good evening and welcome to Dr. Oh, oh. here. Good evening and welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. <laughs> I love technology. Um, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And um, every evening, every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's 3 p.m. Pacific time. And we're also on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, February the 28th, 2021. And I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell. And I hope that you're all staying safe wherever you are. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the show run smoothly as usual. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, will be joined from Northern California by artist, artist, poet, photographer, digital alchemist, Jonathan J. Levine. Jonathan is the co-founder of the Enciosis Institute, a nonprofit organization devoted to helping people cultivate a lived experience of their extraordinary or divine self through art. And he joins us to discuss transformative art and the magic of living a creative life. And then later in the program, I'll be talking a bit more about living with passion through these uncertain times. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guest. And my email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website and the um, information from this show along with any um, any contact information or website links will be posted and the podcast will be posted as well. So that's at drmarakarpel.com. And you can also listen to the program in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenears. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts as soon as the show ends. Be sure to follow me on my website. Go to my website to read any blogs, all of the blogs that I've posted, um, to listen to all of the prior shows since we've been on Blog Talk Radio, which has been a little over seven years at this point, and information about my book. And it's a one-stop shop. You can find everything there at my website, drmaracarpell.com. And you can also hear all of the prior shows at blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenyears. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, to find out what's coming up next. This show is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psychbook Productions. And we're going to take a brief break, but don't go anywhere. It's going to be very brief because uh, we don't have too too much uh, to play right now. And, you know, we want to go right to our guests. So stay stay where you are. You don't want to miss any of it. We're going to be joined in a few moments Um from California by Jonathan J. Levine to talk about the magic of living a creative life. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. 
There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right, and we're we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your Golden Years right here on BlogTalkRadio.com and on DrMaraCarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone from Northern California, we have artist Jonathan J. Levine to talk about the art of living a creative life. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you for joining us. I just want to tell you that there's a slight delay when we talk like this, so it just helps to keep that in mind and also for listeners to keep that in mind. <laughs> so how are things over there in California? Uh, it's it's good. It's a little chilly out. It's um, it's uh, It's a little drummy out. But it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Okay. Okay. So, so Jonathan, why don't we start with talking about your background, your history, and what led you to this life of art? Okay. Well, uh, geez, where to start with that? Um, you know, I've been uh, painting, drawing. I, I really started photographing when I was um, – when I was about twelve or so, I uh, I started on the um, yeah working in the dark room, working with thirty five millimeter, and um, and that and and drawing, and then I started in the in the mid nineties is when I moved up to the Bay Area from L A. Mm-hmm. to um, to go to the San Francisco Art Institute to study photography. And painting. Okay. And yeah. then, and then you went and got a degree in transformative arts. Is that correct? Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Good, good memory. Um, yeah, and and so that that was at a at JFK University, John F. Kennedy University in Berkeley. And the program called the Arts and Consciousness Program is not around anymore, so it's kind of like a, a blip in the, a blip in time when that happened. Um, and it was just uh, it's really curious how that. I just was reading through a book by an old by by a um, by a teacher from when I was in art school at the Art Institute. Um, and his name was, is, uh, is Fred Martin. And I'm reading through this book in like the, um, when was it, like 2000, 2006 or, or, or so, 2007 maybe. And, um, and I came across this explanation of, or not even explanation, I, I, I came across this uh, piece where he's just talking about transformative art and I'm looking at these words <laughs> and it's just something like like lightning went through my body and it was like oh my god what in the mm. world is that I have to yeah yeah and so I googled him and found the school and program and ended up going and it's been a huge influence on my artwork yeah so now what is transformative art yeah so it's I mean I, in my experience, it really varies varies person to person. Um, for me personally, it ended up being kind of this intersection for between what I was calling my art path and what what I was calling my spirit path or um, spiritual path, um, where I was uh, um, being a Reiki. Uh, practitioner and um, um, what, uh, studying hypnotherapy and life coaching and all this stuff started. It's I, I kind of like put that 
um, how do I say, like, um, it was almost kind of like walking a different path than my, the art that I was doing, the drawing and painting and photography mm-hmm. and sculpture and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it end up um, affect, you know, transforming your, your life? I mean, what does it look like in your life now? Well, you walk into my cabin <laughs> and you'll see the pieces <laughs> from that program. And so, so it's, um, let's see, it really influenced my, uh, let's see, I guess I could say the, the it started with the artwork where um, I began to take, I began to notice these, the, the driftwood and uh, and kind of fallen fallen natures I like to call it um on the ground uh whether on a city street or of course a trail in the woods or by the ocean or whatnot and started to see these amazing shades and textures and shapes that it and it just kind of hit me that like oh my gosh people people for who knows how long millennia maybe have been trying to render artwork I'm sorry trying to render nature through artwork which is of course mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that I've, I've spent plenty of time doing that myself um I it's just for me it was like this how about using the these pieces and so I began to pick them up and bind them together with all kinds of like twine and thread and string and even getting as large as this piece I made called Nature Ankh that was um, like a giant Egyptian Ankh made of all these branches and driftwood and stuff that went on for about three years and it was like 10 feet or six feet tall or something like that. And Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought of that in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what sort of things do you do? You know, it sounds like you're doing a lot. You have multiple pages on the internet and on social media. What what kinds of things are you, you using your artwork in? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that reminder. I'm um, so something that came out of that program is what I call magic wand making, and so I work with people making these. I mean, it's it, 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 it's kind of person to person depending what they're working on and. Um, meet each person, even if it's a group of people. Um, it's like um, it kind of go person to person, and uh, so so um, it, sculptures, um, photography. Uh, I've been doing metaphysical portraits and getting into digital in the past few years and doing these vision boards. Um, so it's really kind of taken off into. It's like the artwork has become just so um, such like a, a flow, such a a river of creativity that it's like I I can barely keep up with my mind sometimes, and hence wow. all these different pages that I keep making. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you you said metaphysical portraits, and I saw uh-huh. on the website that you do shamanic portraits. What what is that? It, yeah, yeah. So, so right. So the metaphysical portraits is just. Uh, I just wanted to be kind of like um, spiritually PC and call. Uh, it, it's basically the same. Well, it's <laughs> okay. So I, I. So it's all right. Sorry, it kind of flubs my brain up a little bit because <laughs> because I found that um, in working on any given portrait which so so somebody will give me a a um a photograph or or a few of them and then I'll I'll take that and the the spirit of the um of the artwork I want to say ends up kind of shaping it in collaboration with my mind as as strange as that may sound um but it's, it's so in other words I don't know I don't usually have an idea of what it's going to be. Um, um, right. But I'm getting, yeah. So, um, uh, 
So, so yeah, so the metaphysical part is sometimes they're shamanic, sometimes they're these like um, kind of like out of the fairy realm, sometimes they're um, haunted portraits. I did a bunch of those for Halloween. Um, sometimes there are these like um, stellar or uh, like cos- cosmic one, like one I did of myself called uh, uh, what's it called? The, the Cosmogeneticist. And, um, uh-huh. Yeah, and it's just, um, so these faces just kind of coming forward out of the ethers of the internet in this case because they're digital and um and and yeah so so I I started to call them shamanic portraits at first and I find some of them are it's just I my um I have a Russian ancestry but I mm-hmm. don't I I have a hard time with with the words sometimes, except and at the same time I don't know, I haven't found something else that really covers covers the bases like um, I mean like multidimensional or I mean there's different kinds of words for what I feel the the images and the other other artworks that I make um, how they how they exist in this in this re- in this reality yeah mhm mhm yeah, yeah so i mean really to when you're talking about it it and looking at your work online it really feels like this is all encompassing this is your life it's not just your work or uh something that you just like to do on the side this is like your life so what would you say, how would you say that, you know, your experience of living a life of creativity um, has, you know, how, how do you feel that that affects your life? Like, you know, we <laughs> talked to, like the title of this was the magic of of art. Do you feel like it's magical in your life and, in, and like in what way? <laughs> well, um I how do I say I I I've it, it's it's never really been a choice ever since I was a kid. It's like it's almost like the the spirit of the art has just kind of grabbed me, and I'm just trying to keep up with it. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But it's um, yeah, but but I mean, but and some some magic. Magic to me is is really a word about what what we think the world into. So what we what believe what we believe it to be, and it's like um 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 I feel like it it's a collaboration of of mind with with spirit with um with ancestry with um the the present moment that we have options every moment like i mean it's oh yeah that just gets my mind going but it's um mhm yeah but, so so yeah so living a, a creative life it's um it's just it's just who i am and what i've been for as long as i've known to the point that um it's like i feel like some people get it some don't and that's fine. It's just I, uh, I I feel like everyone has a creative side, and do they follow it, or do they feel? Um, uh, I feel like I feel like all children make art growing up, and then at some point, they're they they choose whether they they feel they they need to or wherever the choice comes from or maybe in the external world um and then some stay with it and some don't and mm-hmm. it's almost like they deem themselves worthy or i, I don't know i mean mm. I, I can't speak of anyone else except myself and it's it's just never been yeah i don't know how else to explain it at the moment <laughs> well yeah. 
You know, I think, you know, one of the things that I, that I talk about when, you know, when I talk about living a passionate life and looking for your Mm -hmm. passion and people ask me, but how do I even look for my passion? And one of the things that I discovered for myself is that even Mm -hmm. if your passion doesn't turn out to be doing artwork or playing music or doing something creative like that, the act of doing something creative opens you up to finding your path. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I believe so, and I I think it also. I think the uh, the famous saying by um by Joseph Campbell, the famous soup guy. Oh wait, that's a different. <laughs> um, <laughs> of, uh, of follow your bliss. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I I think that's applicable here, and and that which it's I, it's it's like do we do we think um, we well I mean like do do we plan what we're doing with our life or do we allow it to unfold naturally organically? Mm-hmm. Which I mean even it just varies person to person depending on the thought process really and. What, and the beliefs and expectations. Um, right. Yeah. Right, and uh, you know, I guess that I, what I, what I have, what I have found for myself is that, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not something that you know a person feels that they're good at, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. actually, just the act of of tapping into your creativity in some way, even doing things, something that you're uncomfortable with because it's new sort of opens you up to being open to new experiences and following opportunities and signs that come into your life that say, Hey, maybe you should try this. Maybe this is the path to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really glad that you said that because uh, when I graduated art school um, in the mid mid nineties, eighteen nineties or something, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, I uh, I was in uh, a studio apartment um, over in San Francisco, and I began to paint in oil and just got really sick because of the fumes and stuff. So I started to paint watercolor, which was one of the mediums that I was actually afraid of because I was just, yeah, I just saw it as so daunting and Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I could even do it. So I tried it out and ended up (laughs) years later and I was obsessed with it. And it's just, I mean, I still do it. Sometimes it ends up making its way into these digital collages where I combine, uh-huh. yeah, 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 where I combine cool. lots of mediums and um, it's I, I love it because it's like collaborating with myself um, and sometimes with uh, other other uh, like public domain images, but I really concentrate on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but that's my evolution of, uh, yeah, of, um, mm-hmm. I keep evolving and evolving and evolving and been blessed to be able to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so so do you yeah. find that, do you find that, you know, living, you know, allowing yourself to be creative and really allow this, you know, creativity to flow through you and really you know, living that sort of life. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find that that helps you to be more resilient to like the ups and downs that we all go through in life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I read a blog about that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I feel I do feel resilience. I've just. Uh, I just don't know if it has to do with, um, yeah, you know, actually, as you say that, I, I can see how it could have to do with being creative and because um, there's actually a uh, an incredible uh, book, audio book that I've been listening to um, called, uh, well, there's one called, 
imagination creates reality. <laughs> and then the mm-hmm. other one is called the magic in your mind. And, and so, and I just mentioned them because, well, to be able to envision like you would a, a painting or a sculpture or a dance movement or, or whatever the person wants a, a new house or a family or for them for, to be able to, to see what you want in the future and to be able to hold that in your mind, I, I believe um, is one of the, uh, really useful, if not important, aspects of of, uh, of living that way, living, living right. in a creative way. Yeah, and I, you know, I've noticed in, you know, in interviewing artists and musicians on the show during this, you know, pandemic where we're sort of like, you know, <laughs> blocked from being able to do everything that we want to do. I've noticed that the, that those people who really live the more creative life are, pretty doing pretty okay in spite of everything mm-hmm. do you feel like this has kind of helped you through this year of lockdown oh yeah absolutely um yeah, well it's helped me in one aspect and created a ton more of material in another um uh-huh. i remember in in like at the beginning of sheltering in place in the bay area uh, uh, last year, March or April or so, um, I remember this poetry started to come through and I got a bunch of them up on my page called Poeticisms on Facebook. Um, of, um, and it's this, it's this, um, yeah, I just was hearing this kind of poetic voice and just putting, kind of running for paper and just like typing or typing it down or whatever. And, and just all these, all this poetry started to come through and I was really blowing my mind because it's, it's this, um, it's, how do I say like, uh, it was, I was, I was amazed at how it was going together with artworks that I had done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's but but so for me that's something that I I haven't I was um I I was trying like for me to come up with illustrations, watercolor drawing, or photos, or to try to, to it's always a challenge for me to come up with uh, illustrations for writing um, that I that I do, but or it has been difficult or challenging, but um, it was, I was just kind of amazed that it's like these pieces just started to go together with each other, at least in my mind. And mm-hmm. yeah. So now you are the co-founder of the Enteosis Institute. So <laughs> yeah. like just briefly, what, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm uh yeah, so I'm the creative director of that co-founder creative director and it's with um it's with uh, a few other people in the bay area and uh over in florida now um uh i haven't checked with them i, I don't know if they want their names mentioned but but it's a public okay site so but the information's out there um so uh it's um it, it's basically about people getting yeah sorry so uh, you could probably hear kind of not anxiety but um my mind gets going (laughs) well no 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 not that but the creative realm that we're talking about kind of like Mm. sparks my mind so I feel like okay it's it's almost like it's in um um like the amygdala is firing for some reason, <laughs> but, but um, so yeah. So and I just mentioned because the um, I know I'm talking a little fast right now, uh, and I'm trying okay. to slow my yeah yeah. So, so but it's um, <laughs> so it, it's about working with people to find uh, the their expressed like what is divinity. This is my mind um, 
explaining uh, the different members could say different things, but um, it really has to do with um, getting in touch with the uh, the divinity. Like uh, I would say, why are we here? Why is any given person here? And to help them to to find that connection um, of of lived lived divinity. I want to say, uh, yeah, and which mm-hmm. which which gets translated as entheosis, finding the God within, theos, theos coming from, uh, uh, entheosis coming from theos, uh, one of the uh, Latin uh-huh. words. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and I know, so you're, you give workshops. Are you doing that right now virtually? Are you doing that online? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I'd love to. I just I, I haven't because of uh it's it's just I mean things are calming down uh calming da- down more because of the uh, because of COVID but um uh-huh. yeah, but it, it used to be in indoor but yeah, I mean I do offer offer them. It's just um I would wanna do them outdoors and I would have mm-hmm. bins of materials. Um and I call it yeah for the magic wand making um, where I would uh, I would show up with uh, different kinds of uh, branches or fabrics and twine and thread and all the stuff that the person or people could have um, could have full reign of if they mm-hmm. want to um, or uh, or use one thing or use none of it and just say. Hey, I want to use this like um, um, tire laying on the street over here and make something uh-huh. out of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, which, yeah, which kind of goes back to a a form of art making called, um, I believe it began in Italy in the '60s called arte povera, which is making art with kind of with found objects, as I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so I've I I've worked with families, I've worked with children, I've worked with adults, both together, and it's really exciting. I love really doing that when I when that option arises because to to meet uh, one person where, where they are and say the parent and what they're working on, maybe they haven't made artwork. Or or been creative in that aspect for for a mm-hmm. while versus uh, the the their ch- ch- child or children who um who probably probably have a different <laughs> you know they right but, but yeah and then just to explain how to bind things together using using this process that that I that I do of um and there's a bunch of these images up on my Facebook page magic wand maker um where I take yeah I, I it's like these it, it it's it's really interesting cuz these the I find I'm walking along and if the intention is in my mind the objects on, on the ground will I just kind of keep feeling my gaze being directed towards it. Like, um, Mm -hmm. and then, and I end up picking them up and they just kind of put themselves together in a way in how they're bound together with these, with the, with the twine and thread and and stuff. And very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And rattles too. Uh Yeah. So, so how can listeners find all of your artwork and see all the things that you're doing and even, you know, contact you if they want to have some artwork done for them? I know that uh, you, you contributed some of your artwork to my last two blogs and beautiful <laughs> work. Um, Thank you. What is, what's the best way that, that people can see your work? Yeah. So, uh, uh, the best email would be uh, info i n f o at magicwandmaker dot com, um, and the website is magicwandmaker dot com, and no, no spaces or underscores, just 
M-A-G-I-C-W-A-N-D-M-A-K-E-R.com. And I got um, a few pages on Facebook, uh, one called the Laser Cat Art Institute. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Um, and and also on um, and this one uh, for poetry that I mentioned, Poeticisms, which is um, P-O-E-T-I-C-I-S. Oh, wait, I lost it. Uh, after I... P-O... <laughs> sorry. You got it. P-O... Yeah, P-O-E-T-I-C-I-S-M-S. Um, right. I believe that's it. And, and there's also um, Instagram. Magic Wand Maker on Instagram is... I think that and the Laser Cat Art Institute are the more um, up-to-date ones with, uh, with with the different mediums and stuff. Okay. All right. I'm going to be yeah. posting all of that on my website post about this show mm-hmm. so people can go there later and they can just find all of that there. Yeah, great, great. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So beautiful work, and I do recommend that listeners take a look. You know, you know, we posted some of that is going to be on the website post as well. Some of your artwork is going to be on the website post, yeah. so people can kind of get a taste of of your artwork right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, awesome. And yeah, and I'd love to talk to people about even if they're not looking for. Uh, a service of sorts like a, a, a portrait or a magic wand um, uh, or or learning about things. I also do work with people like uh, photo classes or uh, teaching, teaching people around that um, photography uh, it, it, just to, just to talk about where they're at creatively or, or spiritually. And yeah, it, it'd be my honor to talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so thank you so much for for coming on this program, and I would mm-hmm. love to have you back sometime in the future. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and and you know, keep on going because it's it's great, it's beautiful work that you do, and it's really you know, it's great to have passion, so much passion. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, yeah, I hope it's catching. <laughs> yes. Sure. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you have a good Mary. evening. Yeah. You, you thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for this. Yeah. What a pleasure. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. All right. You take care. All right. Have a good night. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpell.com. All right, and we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And I really love talking to people who are so passionate about what they do um, because that's really what my passion is really um, encouraging people to find their passion. And And I get so excited when I hear people who are following their passion and really spreading that into the world because that's what, you know, that's what makes this world is so, so much kinder, brighter, joyful place. The more people are following their passion, um, I think that the better the world will be. Um, I think, I really feel, and that's why I want to talk about following your passion, even, you know, staying the course or how to find, reconnect to it, even during these, you know, difficult times. These are pretty challenging times that we're in. I mean, there's so many things going on all at once between the weather 
and the pandemic and the politics and people arguing with each other and, you know, it's, it's economics. It's, it's a difficult time, but I think that when people are really, really into whatever they're passionate about, um, they're bringing joy into the world, into their own lives and into Oops, I got muted there for a second. <laughs> it's a very positive contagion, and I think that we need to really um, keep coming back to finding our passion when we find ourselves going down a dark path and having difficulty coming back to passion is really important. So before I get into some of the ways of overcoming this, you know, the blocks and feeling like we just don't know where to go, um uh a, a clue one one clue I'll give away is what you know Jonathan was talking about is you know having create something creative that we do is a is a really good way to find our passion and as i said that even if that's not the passion that we find that we discover even if that's not we what we discover as our path doing creative things, trying something new actually opens us up to finding our path. All right. But I want to mention before I even get into that, um, congratulations to Team Brownsville, because um, if you've been listening to this show for a while, then you know that I've had volunteers from Team Brownsville on this program for multiple shows going back for about two years. And um, one of the the issue, I mean, the issue that they were dealing with was helping asylum seekers um, who were stuck on the other side of the Rio Grande, the other side of the border, um, or you know, just coming out of uh, being detained. Um, trying to help them to get to their sponsors, and there was a a law that had been put in place in the past couple of years that if they came to the border seeking asylum, they had to wait on the Mexico side of the border until their hearing. And that could be a year or longer. And um, just two days ago, I think sometime this past week, that law was reversed. And so those asylum seekers were allowed to come across the border, state that they were here seeking asylum, and stay with their sponsors. There's a whole process now. It's not just like you come in and you just flood in. They come in and they have to have a sponsor here, a family member or um, somebody who is putting them up as a sponsor to stay with and check in constantly with, you know, with the system before their hearing. And so now they were allowed to do that because they've been living in tents on the other side through all the different weather uh, conditions, very, very hot, very, very cold. Um, Children weren't getting any schooling except for when the volunteers would come over and teach them. And, you know, um, very bad sanitation conditions, and also they were always at risk for gang gang violence against them. These were families with young children, so they were targets and very vulnerable. So now everybody's really happy that they're allowed to come over here and wait with their families, and I know Team Brownsville was there to greet them the other day, and, and I know that there were a lot of tears, so congratulations them. Good job. Okay. So now let's talk about some of the issues. You know, I had started a few weeks ago talking about being able to um, find your passion, uh, reconnect to it, stay on path, um, even through bumpy times. And now there are always bumpy times, not just this past year, but, you know, life has bumpy times in it. And You know, in my book, The Passionate Life, I talk about all the different obstacles that can get in the way. And I wrote this book before all these recent events have occurred. But 
there were a lot of obstacles just, you know, through living life. And I talked about that there. And that's why, you know, having a holistic approach to living with passion is really important. It involves taking care of your body because if you're not eating healthy food, if you're not exercising and moving your body, getting enough sleep, spending time relaxing, relaxing your mind, getting out in nature, um, doing any some sort of meditation or deep relaxation, then the, your health is going to be an obstacle. And, you know, my grandmother always used to tell me, if you don't have your health, you know, it's very hard to have anything else. So that's really true. If you start to get sick or you have a lot of uh, pain in your body from not moving it, um, not taking care of it, then it's very difficult to really focus on any passion that you might have. It's a real obstacle. So having having those basics in place are really important. And then if you do have pain or you are feeling sick, then um, having ways to deal with that um, through relaxation, right? Relaxation is really powerful at helping with pain management, Um there is a book that was written back in the 90s, which is still really, really powerful today, called Full Catastrophe Living by Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. And he is a mindful psychologist and mindfulness meditation expert. And his focus has been working with people with chronic pain and with very serious illnesses that could not be, could not be cured um, and helping them through mindfulness meditation to be able to stay um, steady emotionally and to be able to find some relief from their pain. So um, that's really important in staying the course. Um, Having good relationships is really important because you could be doing your thing and feeling really good and then have something happen in relationships with people that are close to you um, that can really affect your ability to focus on what you're doing. So um, I I started talking a few weeks ago about the power of forgiveness. And, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of listening about that um, to the masters of uh, mindfulness meditation and psychology, Buddhist psychology, which really focuses on, on forgiveness. And they talk about how it's a process. So a lot of people think that you can just say, well, I'm just going to forgive and forget. And it doesn't really work that way. I mean, we can set the intention to do that, but it's a process. It's something that we really have to work on. So one thing to mention, and I have said this before, is that forgiveness and reconciliation with the person or people that you're forgiving are two different things. Um, forgiveness is a solo act. It is something that you are doing yourself to release the burden of anger that you carry with you. And that also is a process. It's not, you know, even if you're not involved in trying to make up with the other person or people, you still have to go through a process. Reconciliation is a relationship process. So that actually takes um truth they what comes in, in with reconciliation first is truth truth and reconciliation so being able to openly talk with each other about the things that you both might be upset about the things that you feel in some way that you were hurt and being able to take ability for what you might have done to hurt the other person so it's a two-way street So that is separate from forgiveness. And forgiveness itself, even if you're doing it solo, it's a process. And I was listening to Tara Brock the other day, and she was talking about how in order to to get to the result of forgiveness within yourself, you need to allow yourself to fully feel what you're feeling. So if you just kind of sweep it under the rug and say, well, I'm just going to forgive because I don't want to carry this anger with me. And you're not, then you're not really doing the work that's necessary because, and then it'll keep popping up. 
It'll keep popping up. Something will remind you and you'll get angry all over again. You actually have to do the work of being with the uncomfortable feelings of anger or hurt or disrespect or whatever the feeling is um, before you can move to the point of feeling forgiveness. And feeling forgiveness involves starting to step into the other person's shoes of why they might behave the way they behave or why they did what they did and having compassion and understanding. Now, again, in order to reconcile with another person, there has to be a level of safety. So once you get past the understanding why, then actually discussing it with the other person and and actually seeing that they are sincerely up, you know, upset about what they did and sorry and apologetic. And maybe they're telling you some things that you did that you can learn um, about yourself that you won't do it again. Um, That's when you can start feeling a sense of safety that maybe it won't happen again. Or if it does, that you're able to say to the person, hey, you're doing it again, and it'll be safe to stay. Once, you, once you're able to have some truth-telling, you have a more open communication, and you can actually talk with each other as little things happen before they build up to a big thing. So that's really important. And then once you do that, once you have gotten to that point where you have like said, okay, I understand this person, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive, or I understand this person, and now we have discussed it and I feel safe around them, then the final step is letting it go. You can't just keep bringing it back up once you've gotten to that point or you just, you haven't really forgiven. But um, I, I was looking through um, the writings of the, of the psychologist, uh, Dr. Ryan Howes, and he was saying, if you get to the point where of letting go and it's impossible for you to let go, it means that you haven't really fully done A, B, and C, the expressing your emotion, understanding why, and rebuilding safety. So now when you're doing it with yourself, it's not expressing it to the other person, but it's expressing it to yourself, being really with your feelings and, and really allowing yourself to admit what you're feeling hurt about why you feel hurt about it, that sort of thing. So I talked a little bit last week about forgiveness for the situation, and I was talking about the snowpocalypse that we had a couple of weeks ago, which my blog about it, and Jonathan Levine has um, done the artwork for it on that blog. You can find that on my website. And also on my Facebook, Dr. Mara Cartel, Your Golden Years, I wrote about what what I learned from that experience of really being in that crazy situation of not having heat when it's seven degrees outside, and um, and the two things, the two lessons that I learned were really surrender, which is understanding that this is the situation and not trying to fight it. Um, When you have surrender, that's not saying that you're not going to try to change the situation, but when when you're in the situation and you can't change it at this moment, then surrendering to it it helps you to not live in as much misery. Um, And it also helps you to have a clearer mind about how to go forward. If you're fighting it and saying, this can't be, this can't be, but there's nothing you can do about it, then you get stuck in the loop. And it keeps you from being able to then relax enough to figure out what to do next. (laughs) And the other part is gratitude. Gratitude is really an important part of being able to get through difficult times. Um, Being able to say, wow, you know, I... This is really rough, but I have a roof over my head, or I have a spot of sunlight that's keeping me warm when I sit in it, uh, or eventually um, we ha- we had a place to go where we could get warm, and that I am immensely grateful for. Um, I did. I wrote blog and posted on Medium, and I got a response today from a reader who said that they too found that 
what got them through the difficulty of freezing um, was having gratitude. So gratitude is a really, really powerful way of staying on course through difficult times, being able to look at what you do have. Now, I did write a blog, very brief blog about that a few weeks ago about how we can't have gratitude until we absolutely admit how bad we feel. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to say I'm really grateful when I feel really bad. Um, it gets easier to do that if I allow myself to admit that I feel really bad rather than pushing it away, let myself sit with that emotion of misery until it passes through me. So emotions are not permanent if we don't try to block them all the time. They will eventually move through. So if we, they, or they soften enough to then be able to turn around and say, okay, what am I grateful for? So, you know, having an attachment to everything being exactly how we want it to be is the uh, recipe for true suffering and misery. Um, if, we can, if we can allow the situation that we're in, if we can just be with it and allow ourselves to admit how we feel about it, what's really happening, that's when things soften and loosen a little bit enough for us to then say, okay, now what can I feel grateful for in this situation? What can I do about this situation? How can I change it? Those things can't really happen until we allow ourselves to admit what situation we're in. So I'm going to end there um, because I think that's a really good place to end this discussion. And then, you know, I'll keep talking about related issues as they come up. And so we don't have another musical guest. Um, Jonathan Levine was both the artist and the main guest, so we covered all bases right there. And so we're going to end right here, and I want to let you know what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, next Sunday, March, taking a little break while I prepare to speak to the La Jolla Distinguished Speaker Series that will be March 9th virtually, of course, in La Jolla, California. And I'm going to post a link for that for anyone who's interested. As soon as I get it, I'll put it on my Facebook page so people can join in. I don't know if you can. I think you can join in live, even if you're not a member of the community center there, or you can hear it um, afterwards. And then the following Sunday, we'll be back on March 14th, and we'll be joined once again from Down Under in Melbourne, Australia, by Dr. Kylie Harris, research psychologist, writer, and activist. And she's going to talk this time about her work with fellow academics, media, politicians, climate activists, and indigenous Australians to help society understand and navigate the current global environmental emergency. So she's been doing a lot of work with that, and um, she's going to talk about that with us. And we'll have more. We always have more to be announced. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show, get the website links that we discussed on the program, listen to previous pro programs, read my blogs, go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, C-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can also listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio. That's B-L-O-G talkradio.com slash your golden years. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts in five minutes. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Parpel, your golden years, to see when things post and what's coming up next. This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And special thanks to my guest, Jonathan J. Levine, Peter Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night, an inspiring couple of weeks. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. C'est le bon ton roulé. That is what they all say. C'est le bon ton roulé. That is what they all say. C'est le bon ton roulé. 
That is what they all say. C'est le bon ton roulé. That is what they all say. Et toi? guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 